Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Evening all. You all right? Um, can we pray for Albania before we go any further? I kind of feel that burden to do so. Is that all right? Let's pray quick. Our Father in heaven, Lord of the harvest, please send laborers to Albania. We're grateful for the work we've heard of. We're grateful for Will's passion, and yet we're greedy for more. We pray, send laborers that more might hear the gospel in that nation. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, my name's Andy Prime from Edinburgh and Scotland, working with 20 Schemes. I'll tell you a little bit about us. Uh, you heard some from Mes McConnell last year, and you can get all his stuff online. So I'm not going to go over what he said. I'll tell you a little bit more about my particular context and where I'm coming from. Scotland as a nation is maybe not dissimilar to Northern Ireland. The most generous recent estimates reckon that evangelical Christians are about 2.5% of our population. That is generous. But when it comes to the schemes, the council estates, uh, the percentage is far smaller. Uh, Out of a population of, what is it, 5 million in the nation of Scotland, 40% of our population live in schemes. But you could probably fit Christians from the house in schemes in this central section here. The need is dire. As Christianity has declined in our nation, churches, rather than going into mission mode, tended to go into maintenance mode. And so churches in the schemes are either empty, closed down, or very, very small. It would seem that in the past, the ministry was flourishing. So you speak to schemes across Scotland, and 30, 50 years ago, they would have had Sunday schools where they said, we had 300, 500 young people, children, coming to our Sunday schools on a Sunday. The question you've got to ask yourself, right, is, well, why is there not a church of 300 or 500 in the schemes today? Now, that's a pretty penetrating question. As we look at it, it would seem to be that, one, although there were professions of faith made, there was no discipleship. And although, well, because there was no discipleship, therefore there was no one to pass on in leadership. And so although you had 300 then, now there is three, four, five in a church and a scheme on a Sunday morning, if at all. And so that is why 20 Schemes was established to set up something that would see at least 20 churches planted or revitalized in the poorest housing schemes of our nation. I'm in a scheme called Gracemount on the south side of Edinburgh. It used to be called, at some point in its history, Priest Hill. But at some point, somebody thought, I don't want a hill for the priests, but I'll take a Mount of Grace. And so the name was changed. But although the name is full of grace, uh, there is very little, or has been, gospel witness, and there is no healthy local church engaged in reaching out to the people of our scheme. Uh, I want to tell you the story of my wife, because 
ministry in Gracemount starts with Sarah. She grew up around the corner in a pretty affluent part of our city. And one day her and her brother were walking through Gracemount and they noticed a bunch of young lads getting into trouble with the police. As a scheme, it's got all the normal struggles that would put it in the kind of most deprived category of the government statistics. So addiction, unemployment, crime, broken families, poor education results, all that kind of stuff. And as my wife, age 17 as she was then, saw these young lads getting into trouble, she decided that they had to do something to tell these boys the gospel. And so her and her brother started a basketball club with a little gospel talk in the middle, and the boys came, and eventually that spiraled to the fact that Sarah established a charity called Switch, which takes its name from Ezekiel, uh, where God promises to take a heart of stone and exchange it or switch it for a heart of flesh. And Sarah has now been in Gracemount for a decade, faithfully proclaiming the gospel to the young people of the scheme, which, by the way, is not bad for a 17-year-old girl. How many of us at 17 were just consumed by how we looked or how our friends perceived we looked or what career we were going to get or whatever? But here's a young girl who was seeing beyond herself to the missionary, the gospel need in her own city. See, if you're 17 tonight, have a gospel ambition. Make it your ambition to make Christ known where you are. So Sarah set up the charity. She went in a partnership with 20 Schemes when uh, Mez came along and they started looking for a church planter to lead the work. Uh, We were married at the time. I was working for a city centre church in Edinburgh and Sarah was getting fed up of going because she thought people from the scheme are never going to come to this church. So one day she gave me a Bible and she told me to bolt and go for a walk around Gracemount. And she said, read Romans 10, ask yourself the rhetorical questions, and see what answer you get. All right, the point of a rhetorical question is you don't need to give an answer, but humor me, give me the answer. Romans 10 goes, how can they call upon the one they've not believed in? The answer is they can't. How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? The answer is And how can they hear without someone preaching? And how can they preach unless they are sent? They can't. And so as I walked around Gracemount and the neighboring scheme, South House, I felt a burden of those answers to say, unless someone is sent, unless someone preaches, unless they hear, unless they believe, then they will never be saved. Uh, Not long after that, I was reading the memoirs of a guy called Robert Murray McShane. You may have heard of him. He's an Edinburgh boy, and he wrote this in his diary one March. He writes, I accompanied Andrew Bonner on one of his rounds through some of the most miserable habitations I've ever beheld. He's speaking about Edinburgh. Such a scene I've never before dreamed of. Why am I such a stranger to the poor in my native town? I've passed their doors thousands of times. I've admired the huge black piles of buildings with their lofty chimneys breaking the sun rays. Why have I never ventured within? How dwelleth the love of God in me? What embedded masses of human beings are huddled together, unvisited by friend or minister? No man careth for our souls is written over every forehead. Awake, my soul. 
Why should I give hours and days any longer to the vain world when there is such a world of misery at my very door? Lord, put thine own strength in me. Conform every good resolution. Forgive my past long life of uselessness and folly. And here's a guy writing 400 years before I read it about my town and about the poor on my doorstep. So you can fly three and a half hours to Albania, and you should, and go and get stuck in with Will. But actually, I could travel three and a half minutes in a car and reach a bunch of people who had never heard the gospel and were unengaged by any local church. There is a world of misery on your doorstep. There's embedded, embedded masses of poor people unvisited by friend or minister in this town, no doubt. And it made me say, we've got to go. So we jumped on board with 20 Schemes, and our desire now is to see a church planted in Gracemount that reaches the people of Gracemount with the gospel of Jesus, in the hope that in 10 years' time, we're a church that's trusted and established in the scheme, that's seen, di- that's seen conversion growth that reflects the diversity of the scheme. That's the dream. And so we're gathering a team. We make it a condition of being part of the team that you move into the scheme. Uh, you become part of the community. You become a distinctive community within the community. And you live and you proclaim the gospel. And we're about two years in. Hopefully we'll launch some kind of Sunday gathering this time next year. But in God's goodness, we're seeing people hungry for the scriptures and desperate to hear of Christ. Uh, let me just read you one story. This is a, a woman who's been coming to a midweek evangelistic Bible study that we've been doing in Gracemont. This is what she writes. As I listened to my new pals speak, things started to make sense. I was learning about Christ in a way that I'd never had before, and it was like I could see it happening. It was like he was speaking to me. He was reaching out and telling that my life was going to end if I continued down this path. I was feeling hopeless, empty, unfilled, even though I had all I wanted. During these readings, I began to believe I wasn't done. There was hope. I had a purpose. I started to thirst to hear and read more of his words. I believe this was the start of me becoming a Christian. As I listened and read, I started to feel a weighing on my chest, but rather than looking at others, it made me look at myself. I started to look at things I had done over my life and realized I'd sinned. I was a sinner. Then I realized something else. I didn't want to be like that anymore. I repented of my sins and asked God for forgiveness. I was saved. I may be a new Christian, but I feel free. I feel joy. I have faith. I have hope. And this is all God's work. He brought a change in me and filled my heart with joy. Everyone in my life is a blessing now. Every day is a blessing. I wake in the morning now thankful that I have the day ahead of me rather than dreading it. I live for his word now. May it quench my thirst. Amen? We're praying that there will be more people who, dissatisfied with the things of the world, have their hunger satisfied in Christ. And so we'd appreciate your prayers, not just for Gracemount, but for the wider schemes of Scotland. And hey, if you give us money this week, delighted. A better outcome for us is that you see the the council estates of Northern Ireland as your mission field. 
and that you would be willing to move in, live in, get to know the people, proclaim the gospel, and that you would see people saved. You have a mission field on your doorstep. Let me finish just very quickly by saying these contexts can feel very overwhelming. It can feel like the complex situations, the habits that have been ingrained for generations are impenetrable and unable to be broken. In Mark 5, you get three stories of three people that look hopeless. A demon-possessed man, a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years, and Jairus' daughter who has just died. And the worldview of Mark 5 is this. They say, no one is strong enough. Nothing's worked. Why bother? Until Jesus steps in the room. Because when all three of these people, the demon-possessed man, the woman who's been bleeding for 12 years, and Jairus fall at the feet of Jesus, their life is transformed. You need to be careful about using phrases like, no one's strong enough, nothing's worked, why bother when Jesus is in the room? The gospel is powerful unto salvation. We need to take it to the world. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.